be your holy name. Ah, there we go. Thank you, Jesus. I feel more comfortable with this down here. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, thank you for coming out and praying with us on tonight. I'll share a couple of things with you. Um, we're in the midst of a transition, something that the Lord revealed to me. Most of us know the story of Gideon and how, uh, you know, I had to tell them Sunday, you know, young lady mentioned something to me. She didn't mean, she didn't mean it the way she sound. She did not mean it the way it sounded. But, you know, how you know this past weekend, uh, if I didn't show you the words, you would have left this church. <laughs> I got here for now. I was like, I would have been out the door. He said, but I couldn't. That was, whew, that scripture. And so, um, but, you know, I'll just, let me just say this. I don't need to go over what, the, what happened Sunday. So, you know, the story with Gideon is that, um, you know, he had this like 30-some thousand man army and he was ready to go and fight against, I think it was five nations at the same time. And so he was getting ready to go. And then the Holy Spirit said, I mean, Father said, nope, hold on just a moment. You got too many men. And so he said, tell, he said, whoever is afraid, tell them to go home right now. And it was a large amount of guys that left, large amount. I think it was like 10,000 or something crazy. And so, and I learned this from another minister years ago, you know. And, uh, and you know, how many of you know, <laughs> here's the trip out thing. Gideon did not know they were afraid. It takes the Lord sometimes to expose the hearts of those that you think are on your team. You know, but anyway, you know, so a bunch of those went home. And so Gideon was like, we're getting ready to, like I have done many a times. And uh, and Lord said, mm-mm. He said, nope. He said, the other group, they're just as bad as the first. He said, we have to do a mentality test. He said, take them down there by the brook. And he said, uh, watch how they drink water. Um, and he said, how they drink water will determine who's supposed to go home and who is supposed to stay. And the man started with, I believe, 30, 32, 33,000. He ended up with 300. And the Lord said, by thee. And you know what? The, the bigger issue was the mentality because they would, that group needed to have a certain mentality because when it came time to fight, God was not going to let them fight. Okay. And so, and so uh, what we're, what's going on right now, I don't want to say in other countries. Um, we have to keep kind of, we have to stop this thing of, you know, the Spirit of God is doing the same thing, but different things in different countries depending on how they operate, you know. And so I'm kind of moving away from this thing where everybody is waiting on revival. Um, for me, you know, that seems to be more of a kind of unscriptural thing as you just kind of sitting around waiting for revival to come. It's not how the book of Acts was started, you know. And there are, you know, the ministries that I've been a part of, like Yonggi Cho in Korea, um, uh, it wasn't started that way. You know, Bishop Oyedipo that we're with now, talking about our Chinese brothers and sisters, they're on the ground. <laughs> you know, so so revival is not quite what we think it is. But what we find ourselves in, particularly in North America right now, is this thing where God is getting ready. He's doing the same thing. Remember the Bible says, that which has been, which is will always be, so that you'll never be able to say there's anything new under the sun. You know, um, so that, that could also be deeper because we know that, Adam rebelled against God, you know, but we also know that Satan did, you know, and so, but we find ourselves in the same spot right now in that COVID, you know, this is what I believe the Holy Spirit was telling me, was that COVID, how many of you know, not only, skip around the world, but in the United States, we're not going to be able to maintain this foolishness too much longer. 
this stuff out here um, is just uh, at getting to a breaking point. Um, and so yet there seems to be this surge where kind of like everybody is trying to come back and rebound. And so, uh, so what you find is that COVID, we're in, we're in the Gideon test again. COVID was to find out who in the church is afraid. Got me. And so this next season, which I believe I interpreted to be a couple of years, um, is a mentality test. Um, because there's something coming, which I've told you, and that there's something coming where God will not want most of his army to fight because they are unqualified. Because there are some levels of warfare, it's more about your mind than it is your skill. And the body of Christ mainstream does not have much skill. They have a lot of sermons, but they don't have a lot of skill. And, you know, and by and large, the majority of the body of Christ has set down the majority of the weapons of warfare that enable you to win. It's a dangerous thing when God says, you have the Holy Spirit within, but you need it upon. Jesus said, you need power. Then you say, no, I don't. So you just set a weapon down called praying in other tongues. That's a whole series of weapons. And then another weapon is dreams and visions. I don't need that one either, Lord. Really? Nope. Another one is inner healing and deliverance. We don't need those. We don't really lose. Oh, I really like those. That makes the church look bad. I don't want people messing up a carpet and all that type of stuff. And so you, you and then the numbering system. You know, well, I'm not in the numbering system. You know, that sounds like something at a restaurant where they had a little animals in the numbering, you know, hor horoscope and, and all that. And, and so what the church has done through, I believe, the behest of Satan has, has been convinced by the dark side that you don't need the weapons that your heavenly father said you needed in order to win the war. And so what the church has found herself in a position, she's found herself in a position where now you have become disqualified to fight. And it's for your own safety. And, and, and you know, there is, a, so it's just very, very, very interesting what's going on. So, you know, this thing with me suspending Wednesdays um, and just doing it once a month is really us. It's, it's really me stopping it so that we can count. A, it's kind of like a restructuring um, so that we can kind of step back. Let's focus on, you know, I told you it was three, three triggers we had to pull. We pulled the first one. It's already working faster than we thought. Tell you about that later. And then the second one is the outreach form in that um, Brother Albert at the Sunday location he already went and found us some stuff to be able to do that. And then the third one is what we call the house church, where, you know, you have to release the people to do the work of the ministry. When you study the book, right on, I'm talking about it. We had to study the book of Acts again. When you study the book of Acts carefully, you had apostles and prophets, but they were there as support to the people, not as control. When you really study it carefully, the apostles would show up to a region and they say, what's going on? And they would say things like, well, you know, we got them saved, and we got to baptize in the name of Jesus Christ, you know, but they don't pray in tongues. And so then they would minister to them the fullness of the Spirit, and then they would make sure it all set. Y'all got that? Yes. Okay. And they would move to the next town to see who needed help. What we have right now is a bunch of guys who won't let you even do anything, so they can't even help you. And, and, and if, if, we got to do this, we got to do this, and nobody seems to, so, nobody seems to do it. So it's a, it's a restructuring. So in the future, what I see is... We will do the once a month Wednesdays, but there will be special services. That's what a text system will say. You know what? I sense the Holy Spirit is telling us to come together on this particular day. Today and these last days, you cannot have any type of regiment. It has to be moving by the Spirit. The Holy Spirit will say, 
You might say cancel all Wednesday night services for three months. Then you might say meet every day for the next two weeks. That's where the church has to be. So me doing this as a restructuring, it's that. It's also a new platform of us going into the social and digital world. And it's also a platform where we'll begin to pray about the younger generation. There's a term and a phrase that I heard years ago, and I never forgot it. It says, if the old don't move out the way, how will the young ever be given a chance? You understand what I'm saying? So so that the, the, the whole Wednesday thing is a restructuring of us being able to step back and then come over into, let's look at how we should do this according to the word and the spirit, you know. And so I always say, you know, the word without the spirit causes you to be constipated, religiously constipated. And the spirit, uh, spirit without the word causes you to hallucinate all the time, come up with all type of strange doctrines. And when Angel told me to start a church on Pluto, no, he didn't. You were on a conference call with Elon Musk. That's where that came from. Okay, so I'm just going to talk about a couple of things because, you know, it was so funny that, um, so you understand where I'm going with this. Yes. You know, in order for you to, revival comes more about obeying the Holy Ghost after a season of prayer. i never forget what Billy Graham said. A reporter came to him and she said, you know, if the Lord really appeared to you, told you that he was coming back in three years, what would you do? He sat there for a second. He's, and then his answer was just impeccable. He said, well, he said, I would spend the first two years praying, and then in the third year, I would just come out and do everything that he showed me for the first two years. You know, but guess what? For some of us, Lord tell us we're coming back, most of the church, we out there marching, quitting jobs, selling vehicles, moving the mountains. I never understood if you think God is coming back, why would you sell your car and your house? What does that have to do with anything? <sighs> I'm keeping my house until the very end. Y'all know what I'm saying? Just in case. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you know, so 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 one of the things about Wednesdays, Wednesdays is definitely going to be um, a deeper platform. Um, I have to be totally honest with you all. I was sharing my wife. Some of y'all saw my wife and I sitting in the car and we were talking and I was just telling her that it's not until you fully obey God. Do you see the ditch detriment of you not fully obeying him? Uh, <clears throat> it's a script. In your light, we see light. So it was not until I had to repent and say, okay, Lord, I fully accept the assignment. I was, I was literally in Moses' moment. You know, because I, I, I knew what it took. I, I knew what was going to happen. It's already started happening. And so, but it, it wasn't until I accepted it and repented and then fully settled into that seat that then the Lord began to show me the detriment of my bad mentality in that area. And I had caused more harm than I thought I did. It's not harm that can't be recovered, and the Lord had his mercy on me for a minute, but left unchecked, I would have called us a great harm to the kingdom of God. Living clean and living holy. You can still mess God up living clean and living holy. That's part of it. The Bible says, seek ye first, what? The kingdom of God and living right. Bible says that I might know him, character, and his power. You can know Jesus without knowing his power, and you can get acquainted with the power, which is the occult, without knowing him. Y'all got me. Woo! So let's flow this. Let me just do these couple of things here. So let's jump in this. You know, uh, um, uh, it's so funny. She didn't mean to say this. I don't know why it just keeps floating around in my head. Because based on what, you know, how many know that was a, a grand introduction to the kingdom of God? And so, so she said, uh, she walked him. She said, uh, whoo! She said, about time. She says, I hear something new. I was just getting tired of saying that, hearing the same old stuff. You know, and then people say certain things, and I have to, okay, adjust. <laughs> She doesn't mean it the way it sounds, 
You know, but I did have to tell her, I said, well, the problem is I can't preach anything new when the people won't do the old. Because the new has to be built on the obedience of the previous foundation. So I'll give you an example. People say, I interpret dreams, interpret dreams. Look down, you have to say, hey, man, you have, some people say, ouch, you know, but I can't interpret my dreams. and say, okay, well, I'm going to do a whole series on dreams, and it's free. I said, then, I, I share with the congregation, there are 21 dreams in the Bible. Every revelation you need to know about dreams is in those 21 stories. Then I mentioned three books. People, didn't, people haven't read the books. They haven't studied the word, but they want to go to a deeper dimension. But God is like, well, I can't take you to a deeper dimension because the deeper dimension, the higher dimension, is built upon the foundation of the old. And you haven't built the foundation on the old, but you want to go deep. Y'all understand what I'm saying? And so that's the reason why sometimes the Lord will take a long time before he will allow us to go into deeper things. But then he's kind of like in a situation by which I'll just use these individuals sitting up here where if she's a newer believer, you know, he has to minister things. He's a, he's a middle-aged believer. You know, and so y'all understand what I'm saying. Eventually, he has to say, well, for the mature person, we got to create a platform. And so that's what we're doing is we're creating platforms for newer people, um, for older people. When I say older, I'm talking about older in the faith. You know, because some people, they've been saved for a long time. They're like, look, this stuff that's coming out of the body of Christ right now, this is like going to the dollar store, getting McDonald's that's been sitting on the shelf for three days. You know, and I mean to say that that rudely, but, you know, so. All right, y'all tell Marcia that's enough. She got me. <laughs> I'm just messing with her. Okay, so y'all follow me. So Isaiah 66, 1. Let's, I'm going to go as fast as I can because I'm just like, this is what the Lord says. Heaven is my throne. Earth is my footstool. Could you build me a temple as good as that? Could you build me such a resting place? I'll have a little bit of redundancy because, you know, me teaching on the kingdom of God is for most people is like, hearing it before I'll try to use this but you know the um you know a footstool is just something that you just you know rest your foot on and in the scope of everything that's in your home when you think about the footstool usually it is the lowest class piece of furniture compared to everything else in your home you know what I'm saying so the footstool compared to other furniture, to your bed, to your television, to technology, all of those different type of things that are in your home, the footstool is usually something very, very, very simple because it's just some, well, most people don't even have a footstool. It's just kind of something insignificant. Well, God is saying that um, compared to what else I have created, that's how insignificant and mundane your dimension is. Not the people in it. That dimension. You understand what I'm saying? So this is one of the most simplest, most mundane. The Bible calls this world a shadow. Yeah, most mundane. But what makes it so special, it's the most mundane dimension, but it has the greatest individual that he ever created, it, his children. That's what makes it special. Okay. So Colossians 1.16, it says, for through him, oh man, help me, Holy Spirit. But we prayed. God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones with an S, kingdoms with an S. These are the things that he has created in other dimensions that we can't see. Kingdoms with an S, rulers with an S and authorities with an S 
in the unseen world. You assume that all of those are negative. They are not. You think he's just talking about Satan. He's not. That's just one. Everything was created through him and for him. Y'all got me. With this graphic, it says there are a lot of cities in Georgia, but the capital city is Atlanta. There are a lot of states in the country, but the capital state is Washington, D.C. I might have messed some of these up. There are a lot of countries in the world, but the capital country is Israel. Now, this past weekend, I said Jerusalem, but, but the capital of, of the world is actually Israel. But when God comes, Jesus comes back to set up his earthly kingdom and his throne, he will specifically be in Jerusalem, which is in Israel. Y'all got me. <clears throat> there are a lot of different types of heavens, but the capital of all the different types of heavens is called God's throne. Matthew 6.33, I'm going to keep it a little bit light tonight. Y'all might pull me into the deep for a second, but I'm trying to chill tonight. Matthew 6.33, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything that you need. That is a simple law. That is the master law. It is the beginning law after accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You are not called to seek things. You are called to seek an invisible kingdom. And if you seek it correctly and you live right, I will give you the things that you're praying for. So we have it backwards. We pray for the things without seeking the kingdom. And then we wonder why the things don't show up. When they do, it's because of mercy, not because of obedience. <clears throat> Y'all got that? Say, how do I seek the kingdom? Jesus said one answer. Matthew 16, 19, he said, I'll give you keys to it. <laughs> Y'all follow me? I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And so I'm, we're going to look at this as two different translations. They both say the same thing kind of backwards, but they're both true. He said, I'm gonna give, I'll give you the keys to the kingdom and whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. Whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. So it sounds strange. If you don't pray about it, we won't do nothing about it. It's crazy, isn't it? You know, people have been trained around where they understand what spiritual law means. And then when Jesus gave us all authority in planet earth, you ever notice that when Jesus got up from the dead, he didn't do any more miracles? Not one. Not one. He was done. It was our turn to do the miracles. That's why he left. told you in Matthew 16. He said, these signs shall follow them that believe. Not been to Bible schools. Matthew 16, 19 from the Passion Translation. I will give you the keys of heaven's king. Do you realize how crazy this is? You can't even see the kingdom, but Jesus gave you the keys to something you can't see. I will give you the keys of heaven's kingdom realm. Watch this one. To forbid on earth that which is forbidden in heaven and to release on earth that which has already been released in heaven. Watch this. We release it, but will you? You see what I'm saying? So there are a lot of things that go on in planet earth that if the church doesn't attack it, heaven is at a standstill. And they'll ask you to attack it, and if you won't, then they'll try to move to somebody else to see if they will attack it. There are a lot of things that right now the body of Christ is... Satan has done a mass... Um, let me tell you, Satan kind of operates in... What is it called? No, that's another. I'm thinking about demons. Sorry. 
So Satan has done a wonderful job at getting us to be afraid to open our mouth. That's the type of culture out here. Let me tell you something. Most people in the culture right now know good and well that you were not born a number. Square root to the third. Binary fried to the second. Y'all know what I'm saying? All this crazy news. We don't know what these people are coming up with. And you're like, this is just crazy. But because the small group has a coyote type spirit. You know, and and they run in small packs and they howl, they howl. And and, and so you, most of the people who speak, they're long lines. Nobody see nobody wants to put their reputation on the line for truth and holiness. But Jesus own family members attacked him. One of his disciples was crazy. They even questioned some of the stuff that he did. Moses family members were against him. He had uprising within. And that's, that, that's what I said. Jesus made one statement and a large number of people no longer walk with him. Paul said, I pray in tongues more than all of you. And it caused me to get to my destiny early. But when I got there, no one was with me. Numbers are not a sign that you in the will of God. Sometimes. Ooh, let me just stop. No, I'm going to be the one on CNN and Fox News. Y'all know I'm going to keep going. See, I got that. So Jesus said, I will give you the keys. So the thing, the first, one of the first things about the kingdom of God is locked to everyone, including the members of it. And even if you are a member of the kingdom, he said, you will still need keys to get into it. Now, Jesus is the door. Don't get that. So he's, you know, you know, I've seen these movies. I used to love the Lord of the Rings stuff. And you know, when you got these people who come from another realm, and then as they approach the kingdom, it's this great big door that they have to let down in order for you to come in. So that's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, I am the door to get in here. But when you get in here, everything is still locked. That's why I have to give you the keys to all. He didn't say, I got to give you the key to the kingdom. He said, I have to give you the keys. Because when it comes to this kingdom, certain keys open up certain things. And right now, the body of Christ uses prayer as the key for everything. When you pay attention to Jesus, he didn't pray about everything. Most people, when they come to me, I need prayer. I say, what about? And honestly, 90% of the time, you didn't need prayer. You needed an instruction. Watch this one. I know the Lord told me to do such, but I'm still praying. Why? (laughs) Let me tell you something. If you know the Lord told you to do something and you're still praying, you have now opened up yourself to Satan. Colossians 1.13. You know, it's amazing because the you know, Holy Spirit said, I want you to take another look at the kingdom of God. So I'll start. And let me, let me tell you something. You have to be careful how you say this. The Lord, my repentance brought me Instantly to the dimension that I was trying to run away from. Here's the dangerous thing. He, he brought me to this dimension. I'm now showed me the next. And when I saw the next, I knew that's a hard one. That dimension, and he even gave me certain secrets to it. That dimension, if you are not a word man, if you put feelings second, other pastors second, books second, if you don't put the word first, that dimension will destroy you because the higher you go up and the deeper you go, the more careful and humble you got to be. And so I don't mean no disrespect for anybody, y'all, but when I'm teaching on the kingdom, I don't want y'all to send me other men's teachings because I need to just see the word. 
other men's teachings can cloud my judgment. And they might be good, they might be proper, and they might be well. I'm just saying, don't send me anything. Don't send me any teachings. Don't send me any books. And no, I don't want to hear about no other books. I don't. The book of Enoch, you know, the book of Maccabees, you know, the Apoph Apocrypha, Dead Sea Scrolls, Alien Chronicles from, from I don't want to hear none of those. All that's going to cloud my judgment. And that's wonderful. I'm, but see, here, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Because someone asked me a very good question. What about these other books? I said, I don't know. The word of God, the B-I-B-I-E, is the only one that the Holy Ghost has co-signed. So I'm really not interested in all of this other shaky stuff. I'm not saying it's not true. I mean, remember what uh, in the book of Jude, it says, and yes, Enoch prophesied. That he saw the Lord coming with 10,000 saints. Well, apparently, he has prophecies written down. But the Lord didn't put those prophecies in here. And here's the other thing. See, it's, never mind. Why are you worried about other books that you haven't even got through Genesis chapter 1? You, you know it's amazing. We tell you, focus on this table. What about the chairs? No, just just right here. I'm not in, I'm, I'm having a hard enough time to master this book. So the book of Enoch is a very good book, and it's very interesting. In the book of Enoch, it talks about how those angels that fell were the ones that taught men how to create weapons. It says that they were the ones that taught women how to uh, create makeup. All those things. I just don't know if it's true. Could have been Enoch's cousin who was upset that he wasn't in the Bible. He created I mean, it's just, you know. <laughs> Let me go and get through this. <laughs> Start acting crazy. Okay, so so that kingdom <laughs> is blocked. So we get over into the laws of it and what we are allowed to do because we are members of it, you know. But it's locked to outsiders. Colossians one thirteen it says, "For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness, transferred us into the kingdom of his dear Son, who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins." Now this is very important. How many of you know that the reason why you have citizenship in the United States is because you were born here? Well, that's what it means to be born again. You have to be born into that kingdom to go to it when you die. How many of you know when you pass away, okay, it doesn't matter. No matter what your skin color is, you are all traced back to some place beyond the United States because this place is only about, what, 400 years old or whatever it is. So if you die, they're not going to trace your genealogy and then ship you back to where any of your ancestors came from. Why? Everyone in this room, you were born here. So because you were born here, you are considered an American. When you go overseas, there is no white, black, Chinese. If you are from America, they call you American because they understand you were born here. But my genealogy is Chinese. Wonderful. But in our eyes, you are American because of where you were born. So when you give your life to Christ, when you give your life to Christ, they destroy you and they, they birth you into that kingdom and you become a member of it before you die. That's why it says if any man be in Christ, he's a new, he has new citizenship. Everything else has passed away. Y'all got me. Graphic. There are parts of the kingdom that open with one key. Other parts require several keys. There are some parts that require what we call combinations. I mean, a key opens locks. The most difficult to open are what we call spiritual combinations and algorithms. 
<clears throat> Imagine a door that has a combination lock with seven million numbers. See, the laws of the spirit, it, it, it makes no sense whatsoever. It does not make common sense because in, in that, it's based on one law, all things are possible. See, so, so how many of you know that you have a key, you got to remember not to lose the key. Then you have a combination lock. And how many of you remember when you were in, you know, you had to memorize three numbers, you know, boom, boom, boom. And, but in the spirit, Bible calls this a shadow, you know, so compared to the real, there's no comparison. So there are combinations that in this context would be the equivalent of a 14, where you have some combinations that might be 14 numbers. I'm sorry, 14 million numbers. And the person that created the combination can remember all 14 numbers. Boom. 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 That's what your praying in tongues looks like. You unlock it. That's why 1 Corinthians 14.2 in Amplified says, One who speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not to men but to God. For no one understands or catches his meaning. Why? Because in the Holy Spirit, he utters secret truths, combinations. Hidden things, not obvious to the understanding. Y'all got me? So there are some things. The master key is Jesus that gets you in the door. But now there are certain things that are locked in the kingdom of God. They're not, they're not locked from you. They're locked for you. Because the Bible says the master rule is to seek. And if you don't seek, you won't find. But if you will seek... Well, watch this. If you seek, you still won't find. I will be found of you and will give you combinations and secrets and different things. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Imagine, imagine a lot that it doesn't have seven million numbers. It has seven letters. A. D. F. C. And you don't know that combination, but the Holy Ghost does. There are things that the enemy has locked your family out of, but you don't know the combination. And so this is the reason why the devil has done a masterful job of teaching churches. Leave that tongue stuff alone. So much so, he convinces people that it's him. That's what I was taught. I was taught speaking in tongues was of the devil. He's like, well... I'm out here in the world with all the devil's children and none of them are speaking in tongues. This might need to be reevaluated. You know what I mean? But, but this is what I mean by, see, I didn't even read the first scripture. But the first, I didn't even read the first scripture. That's crazy. It says, eye has not seen. You don't have to put it up. I'll just read it. You've heard it before. Ear hasn't heard. Neither has it entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. But God has revealed them unto us by his spirit because the spirit searches all things. Yes, deep things of God. The kingdom hates shallow. When Rick Joyner was up in heaven, um, Paul told him, he said, when we look down there, he said, we can't tell the difference between y'all and the world. The church is called to be deep. And how many of you know sin is very deep right now? Witchcraft is very deep. It's really crazy. Yet it's low level. It's not that witchcraft is deep. It's that those that represent the kingdom are so low level, it makes it seem like darkness is king. Darkness is, darkness is trying to use every weapon it can. 
Weapons that don't even belong to darkness. It's trying to use God stuff in order to impress people. While the individuals who say that they are the sons of God set down all of the weapons and hide inside the four walls and beg people to come in. For what? And and what delivered me, I'm telling you what has delivered me. What has delivered me is that I'm only called to be a pastor in planet Earth. For eternity, we are all called to be kings. And I, when, when I got the revelation of that, I switched and I said, I need to start living life from who I am forever, not temporarily. And we have turned this, you know, you know, when you try to make other people feel better, you know, you put, you put yourself, we, you're like a husband makes a stupid mistake. And the wife says, you know, well, we messed up, you know, <laughs> trying to be nice. Some of the ladies, you know what I'm talking about. They will take our little egos. But, but we, we've, we've done a very terrible job. No one wants to die. Everyone wants to live. And I'm telling you, as I have reevaluated everything, particularly for the last year and then now, to just see everything from this is a kingdom. And that kingdom stretches far and wide. We have no idea how wide it is, how long, how high, how low. This thing, it has other dimensions that you can't count. They say that there are more universes. No, I'm sorry. They say that there are more galaxies than people that exist. It's very ignorant to think that this is the only dimension that exists. No, I was joking to say this is this is God's basement. That's why it's so dark. But it's, it's a kingdom that stretches far and wide. And, and what we call this galaxy and this solar system is this dimension of the kingdom that right now is at war. And I'll tap back into that this coming Saturday because I preached this past Saturday. But when I redid that at the Sunday location, I lost my mind. I mean, I tapped into some stuff. <clears throat> but anyway, let's go ahead and finish this. I'm sorry. I have to do have to teach it slow and we'll be coming back around. Okay. Colossians 1, I already did that. I already did that. Unlocking spiritual locks. We did. So y'all understand now. So the master key to get through the door is Jesus. Now you got to understand what does the, what does the uh, key of prayer unlock? You know, there are some things you all, you know, something happened to me. I had a, I had a bad experience. What is today? Wednesday? Last week. And it was the enemy pounding on me. Just, just, I mean, just, he was hitting me in every direction. It's one of those things where prayer doesn't stop it. Quoting the word doesn't stop it. And I was, I was literally laying on the couch, and it just felt like someone was hitting me from all different directions, psychologically. My body was going berserk, and I knew it was a straight-up violent assault from the dark side. Guess what the Holy, Spirit, Holy Ghost said? He said, lay here and let your shield of righteousness withstand the blows. And I'm sitting there, and I can feel this rap. You know how... You know how if you were inside of a closet and somebody was banging on it trying to get in? I mean, I'm just laying there, and, and I mean, this thing is just banging, banging. I can just feel it banging, 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 banging. That's the power of righteousness. There are some keys you don't need because righteousness alone will block and Y'all understand what I'm saying? That's the, that's the body armor. But people say, I just put on the armor of God today. No, you didn't. You just ran your mouth for a second. Revelation 4, 1 through 2. Sorry, Revelation 1, 10. Do this last part, let you get out of here. 
Y'all, this is not meant to be listened to. It's meant to be practiced. Because otherwise, the whole thing will be swallowed up whole. Y'all remember the dark ages? Y'all do remember the dark ages, right? Church nowhere to be found. Hey, pay attention. I was in the spirit. That's one key. On the Lord's day. And I heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet. And the spirit means that this man had prayed in tongues. And I'll explain in a second. He had prayed long enough where he had left this dimension and went into that one. <coughs> Revelation 4, 1 through 2. Then as I looked, I saw a door standing open in heaven. And the same voice I had heard before spoke to me like a trumpet blast. The voice said, Come up here, and I will show you what must happen after this. Instantly, I was in the spirit, and I saw a throne in heaven and someone sitting on it. Now, here was the formula. He first had to be in the spirit to hear. Once he heard, he had to follow the instruction to come up here. When he came up there, he said, then I begin to see. Y'all got that? That also proves that there are some places that you have to be at before God will show you anything. You understand what I'm saying? So, you, you know, you go to Walmart and you're looking for applesauce. Okay? You know, applesauce. And so I'm sure most of you have done this. You walked it all the way to the other side of Walmart for applesauce. You finally are so flabbergasted. You're like, excuse me, sister or Walmart lady, can you tell me where the applesauce is? And she says, oh, you got to go way over there. Now the applesauce is over there, but guess what? It's going to take a minute now for you to walk there. That's the same thing spiritually. There are some places you got to be at in order to get what it is that you need. Most people don't seek, they wander. And they wander so long, then they finally go to God, and he's like, well, your answer is way over there, but so you got to spend some time in prayer, maybe a few days, maybe a few weeks, maybe a few months to get all the way back to the place where we can just start talking. He didn't say we're going to come down there. He said, come up here. Because there's, let me, use your, let me use your house. You know, now everybody got a, they got a television in every single room. They got a television on the phone. They got a television in the car. You know, I saw a commercial on Home Depot. They got televisions now on, 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 the, uh, on the refrigerator. I'm not about to sit up here and watch television while I'm eating ice cream. But for some of us that are a little bit older, the TV was, you had one. And it was in one room. Remember? So no matter, what would you say? With a hanger. Oh, you see. See. That's old. Oh, that's old school. Some of y'all remember that adjusting it and, and using aluminum foil. And the kids are like, what? Y'all used to put in, what is a TV doing with antennas? Y'all, we need to have a day where all the people who are like 50, you know, we get together and pull out all of the archives, our hairstyles, our everything, you know. But here's what's very interesting. How many know it matters not how much you want to see? If you don't go to that place, you won't see anything. And there are places that God has for you. Some of them are in planet Earth. And others are just in the spirit, in the unseen realm. But you got to get to that place. And when you get to that place, then you'll see. 
So the devil's job is to make sure that you get rid of the mechanism called praying in tongues that allows you to travel the fastest to get to the place where you can see. Because when it comes to some revelations and some movies, God is only going to show you it, show it to you in movie rooms in the spirit, because that's the place where we reveal. So we're not coming down there. You have to come up here. He said, I saw a door and it said, walk through it. He walked through it. He said, I was instantly in the spirit and I saw. What's very interesting is, is that how this man was told to write down everything that he saw. The book of Revelation is one vision, and a man recorded everything. I would have been done after the first paragraph to the seven churches. Y'all follow me? First Kings, Second Kings 13, 15. Elijah told him, get a bow and some arrows. The king did as he was told. Elijah told him, put your hand on the bow. Elijah laid his hands on the king's hands. Then he commanded, open the eastern window. He opened it. Then he said, shoot. So he shot an arrow. Elijah proclaimed, this is the Lord's arrow, an arrow of victory over Aram, for you will completely conquer the um, Arameans at Aphek. Then he said, now pick up the other arrows Strike them on the ground. So the king picked them up, struck the ground three times. Mm. But the man of God was angry at him. He said, you should have struck the ground five or six times. Then you would have beaten Aram until it was entirely destroyed. But now you only have victory three times. This is doing the minimum. See, the things of God don't require the minimum. They don't even require the maximum. They require you to die. Because except the corn of wheat. Fall on the ground, it remains alone. But if it dies, it brings forth much fruit. And most Christians today, they're not trying to die. They're trying to live. They're trying to get exposure. They're trying to get the uh, credit. Yet the Bible says it's the hidden ones that get the credit, not the seen ones. Let me tell you something. I'm a, see, I'm at, a, I'm at an advantage in this realm. But when it comes to my eternal reward in the unseen realm, I'm at an extreme disadvantage. You know why? People always treat their pastors great. But the guy that's standing at the front door at the glass windows in the cold, you understand what I'm saying? And the Lord watches him. He said, the parts that you deem less honorable, we give more honor to. God is not impressed by title. He's not impressed by degrees. He's not impressed by your business. He's not impressed by anything except for your character. Y'all got me. So, I'm almost done. We're going to stop at nine. I don't know why I'm telling y'all that. So I want to open up something, and then we got to finish it next week. In the kingdom of God, numbers mean a lot. I'm, uh, I'm, I have to be honest with you. Um, my wife and I at this point are kind of appalled. That is a whole area that the church is completely ignorant about is numbers and how God uses numbers is intertwined into our lives more than dreams. I don't believe that. It's because you didn't study it. Same way I don't believe dreams. I was taught it was pizza. Okay. And so that's, that's, and unfortunately I've been seeing 9-11 all over again. Let me tell you something. The warnings come when the sun is shining. So you can prepare. Because it's hard to build a house in the middle of a storm. 
So God will warn you when everything is working well so that you, you have the time and the resources to start doing certain things. But you need, let me tell you something. There's, there's something I'm very uncomfortable about that has to do with the next two years. It just seems like there's a surge of prosperity, but I'm just very uncomfortable. I'm not saying that it's the Holy Spirit, but just I'm just perceiving certain things. And it could just be me, but I'll just leave that alone for right now. Okay. So how many know it takes a certain amount of time to get to a certain amount of place? If you come to this church on a regular basis, Saturday, Wednesday, and you come from your home, you know it's generally, like for us, it's generally going to be around 20, 25 minutes. Okay, same amount of time. When in the Spirit, there are certain places you get to and it's the same amount of time. Okay, it takes longer if there are detours, longer if there's a blockade. But in a war, you have to push your way to where you want to be. So we're going to close by looking at just, just, just one thing. I said all that to say, just, just I got to teach this very, very slowly. You know, I get used to trying to go, I didn't really, never mind, I don't need to share with you my little woes today. Okay, but let me say something. This weekend, I'm going to talk about how the kingdom of darkness um, how it's attacking you. Um, most people don't know that the devil is trying to influence you 99% more than what you think. In the course of a day, you have no idea how much Satan has influenced you. You have no idea. It's relentless. You know, as a minister, Lord Angel took him to New York, opened up his eyes. He said, as he watched the people walk down the street, he said there was at least one demon on every shoulder, whispering in the ear. Why do you think your thoughts go crazy all day? All day, just crazy stuff enters your mind, and then you get upset, don't know why. You're depressed, don't know why. Then you both don't know why. Matthew 26, 36. Jesus went over to them, or went with them, to the olive grove called Gethsemane, and he said, sit here while I go over there to pray. Now, as I finish this, let me say this. In the Bible, there are things that mean one thing, rarely, two things, three things, and seven things. This is one of those ones that it means a lot. <clears throat> he says, sit here while I go over there to pray. He took Peter and Zebedee's two sons, James and John, and he became anguished and distressed. Yes, Jesus did. He told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. He went on a little farther, bowed with his face to the ground, praying, my father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yet, I want to do your will, not mine. Then he returned to the disciples and found them asleep. He said to Peter, couldn't you watch with me just for one hour? That's very key, one hour. He didn't say for a little while. He didn't say for a few minutes. He said, could you not watch with me for one hour? It's one of those statements that has a significance there, but it has a greater significance after he rose from the dead. Somebody is having a field day out there, ain't they? Where verse am I in? Which one? I can't even hear you all. <laughs> that, that big old parking lot, they have a field day sometimes. They're fast and furious. He said, keep watch and pray so that you will not give in to temptation. That is a secret code that it takes about an hour of prayer a day for you to be protected from all temptations. For the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. How many of you know that if you pray in tongues for an hour, morning or evening, after about an hour, it seems like you pass through a dimension? 
something changed. Jesus left them a second time and prayed. My father, if this cup cannot be taken away unless I drink it, your will be done. When he returned to them again, he found them sleeping for they couldn't keep their eyes open. So he went to pray a third time, saying the same thing again. Now, they, they couldn't do it for an hour. He did it for three. Then he came to the disciples and said, go ahead and sleep, have your rest. But look, the time has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Up, let's be going. My betrayer is here. Okay. Now, let me say something here. This is going to be a strange statement. <clears throat> I don't feel like I did that good of a job with it tonight, but it says, previous pastors say, he said, as long as it's the word, you did an excellent job. Amen. Amen. I'm going to say something that might alarm a few of you, because unfortunately, the body of Christ has set, has set the things of God down so far that when we pick it back up, they accuse us of being occultic. You understand? Mm -hmm. But when you look at some of the strange stuff that's in the Bible, y'all, that was way above the occult. Y'all know, I mean, just, I mean, I want you to think about this. A man is walking and they take cloths, lay it on his body, take it back, go lay it on people and they get healed and demons come out. You know, I mean, you know what I'm saying? I mean, there was a situation that went down the Bible. There was a person that was seeking to prevent this deputy from being saved. And it says that the apostle looked at him and said, you're going to be blind for a season. Well, see, that's the, that's the stage we're entering into because you have to enter back into that stage in order to back off this witchcraft because evil left unchecked thinks it's king. Right, right, right. And let me tell you something that's very, very, you need to understand this in these last days. If Satan is not afraid of attacking the one on the throne, who are you? Right. And we're forgetting this guy is not, this, the, see, with Satan, he has to be forced. It's not that he's so much afraid, he has to be forced. You got to think about that. This guy is not afraid to attack Jesus. He's not, not a, a afraid to go a, up against the throne. And yet you think that because you quote a few scriptures that he's about to run away. No, this dude has to be forced off. You got to call fire and brimstone against this fool because his, 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 his nature is just relentless. But it's something I just want to show you here. <clears throat> I really don't want to. Okay. I'll just read it to stay safe. Astral projection, A-S-T-R-A-L, astral projection, is the practice of leaving your body and traveling to certain areas in planet Earth. Y'all understand that? You know, we deal with that quite a bit. You know, people hijacking bodies to come talk to us. And, and let me tell you something, how astral projection works. You can see it on the look at the face of the criminal. I want to kill him. So I find a host that their spirit is open enough for me to go on the inside of it. I really want to kill him, but if I kill him, I'm pretty much in today's technology going to get arrested. So what I do is I find a host. Oh, he's profile. He, he fits the profile. And what I do is I possess him, and I literally leave my body. I'm a human being, but my I lay this body down. My spirit travels, gets on the inside of him, and I use his body to kill him. When you kill him, I then leave you, and now you're sitting there stunned because you don't even know what happened. And that's why you have these individuals that commit murder. They had a wonderful family, had never committed a crime, had seemingly had never done anything, and they're sitting in jail right now and don't even know what happened because the body was hijacked by a witch. So, you know, we've been running into that a lot. But that's what astral projection is. You, get, you, you set your body down, and, and the church doesn't believe in that. <laughs> And that's why it's running rampant. When I tell you what these kids are doing out here now and practicing, and they're practicing to attack you. Mm 
I'm telling you what they're doing. Because they don't see the church as an authority. They see it as a joke. They see it as a religion. They just see it as we just kind of come together, sing some dry songs, and, and do a couple of little Hail Marys, and, and, and we don't believe in dreams and while they're having them. We don't believe. Think about that. A sinner is having something that you don't believe in. And so since you don't believe in it, how are you going to explain to them where it's coming from? We don't believe in dreams. We don't believe in visions. We don't believe in demons. We don't believe in creatures. And so they're like, well, who is this guy that's in my room that's talking to me? And then the guy that's talking to him in his room saying it's because the church is not really true. Do you realize in darkness they see us as false? When we cast out demons, they call us rebellious. Understand what I'm saying? So we're almost done, but we got to sit here and we got to say, okay, we have to shift this. And you can't be care. You can't care about the news camera that shows up. You can't care about who's going to blast your name. That's called free advertising. You can't care about any of this type of stuff because I'm telling you, you know, I'm telling you, they coming. Y'all remember when, uh, let me tell you how bold some of them are. Y'all remember when uh, Trump was in office? You remember when the witches came together? That she does. Oh, God, I'm almost done. I've only got five minutes and two more scriptures. See, let me tell you how ignorant the church is right now, in a general sense. Is that we're not talking about, look, I understand, Donald's, I don't even need to go there with y'all, okay? <sighs> Whatever. The church did not recognize that the witches, the warlocks, and the occultists, and those who push abortion did something they never do. They came together in unity, and they said, would the United States join all four of us in placing a curse on President Trump and all who support him? And the church was so stupid, they didn't recognize that Jesus said, Satan will never fight against Satan. Are y'all following me? This is how off the church is, is that they rather look at a man and whatever it is that you want to, like you perfect. The man cuss, and you stuck up your middle finger at somebody in traffic the other day and said, forgive me, Lord. And gossiping is worse than profanity. Way worse. Most Christians are like, ooh, I need to go back to cussing in because I'm definitely sinning. Y'all know what I'm saying? That didn't come out right. It didn't come out right, but y'all know what I'm saying. And the church did not recognize that those that push abortion, witches and warlocks and occultists came together and put it on Facebook Live. And ask all of the United States to join them to put a curse on that man. So the church should have been saying, well, everybody on the news said that that man is the devil. Well, at least CNN was, you know. He's the devil. But Jesus said that the devil will never fight against himself. So you got the worst in society coming against him. Well, maybe what I'm being told on television is not true about that man. gone so that's what astral projection is remember witchcraft is always an extremely low base you are beneath me level of something compared to the kingdom Amen. Amen. so we're going to close with this one statement 
Astral projection is the practice of leaving your body and traveling to certain areas in planet Earth. Praying in tongues is the mechanism by which your spirit is able to travel without leaving your body. Say how? I don't know. Same way I don't know how the Holy Spirit is in me, you, 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 and folk in China and Russia and in the Arab world and the African world and the Indian world and every place else. I don't know how the Holy Spirit is one individual and reduplicates himself in everybody at the same time. Using me to teach and then you helping you to understand my crazy dry message tonight. Second <laughs> Kings 525. Last couple of them were out. He went and stood before his master. Elijah said, where have you been, Gehazi? He said, your servant didn't go anywhere. Elijah said to him, did not my spirit go with you when the man turned from his chariot to meet you? Is it a time to accept money, garments, olive, orchids, vineyards, sheep? Y'all get the point. Did not, see, the problem is, is that you're made in the image of the one who sits on the throne, 1 John 4, 17, as he is. So are we in this world. Jesus is called the firstborn of many brethren. He is a priest. He's the high one. He is a king. He's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He's the great high priest. Calls us ambassadors. Also calls us gods, but that's the one that religion seems to kind of wake up from the dead. Oh, they don't like that one. Jesus said, did not I say that you are gods? You understand what I'm saying? Study, it's, it's an amazing study to see what Jesus did when he got up from the dead. Didn't do any miracles, but he kept changing form. It says Jesus constantly appeared in different forms of people. He's letting you know about your abilities on the other side. Paul said you get a body just like Jesus. Jesus said you get one like the angels. So you got to do a Bible study about Jesus after he got up from the dead and Genesis to Revelation to see what angels can do. And that gives you a glimpse of what you can do on the other side. That's a body. We're not talking about the real you that's made in the image of the one who sits on the throne. And you can't do what? He said all things are possible. The church doesn't believe that. Your grandmother who has coffee with Jesus doesn't believe that. But Jesus believes that about you so much so that a man wasn't saved. Jesus questioned why he couldn't continue to walk on the water the first time. That's how much confidence they have in you before you give your life to Christ. So don't look at me strange when I say that your spirit can leave and stay at the same time. Y'all understand what I'm saying? So, I'm going to show you something that the Holy Spirit showed me, and then I'm done. <clears throat> you know, God does a lot of stuff in three. Most everything he does in three. Say, remember what Jesus said? He said, pray so that you don't enter into another dimension of temptation. So there's something about praying for an hour that allows you to be away from temptation. You understand what I'm saying? So, I'm going to give you one scientific example, and then you can go home and eat. Well, let's do me a favor and grab me one of those microphone stands right quick. I need to use this as an example. <clears throat> Thank you. Appreciate it. Mm -hmm. 
I need to take that out. Y'all still with me? This is praying in tongues for an hour. Now, what's what's scary is the Lord said we maxed out the hour. He said, I've called you to the three-hour dimension now. So I'll explain next week what three hours in tongues straight does. See this area right here? This is planet Earth. See this area right here? This is outer space, but the Bible calls it the heavens where Satan's domain is right now. See this area right here? This is heaven. Y'all follow me? You get up in the morning, you start praying in tongues. As you pray in tongues, you keep, you, your spirit begins to travel. Y'all with me? Now your body is still here, but your spirit, did not my spirit go with you? Spirit travels. After a little while, you pass this barrier and you enter into the outer realm called outer space, the heavens. Y'all with me? You can tell you, and this is distance. That's why it takes about an hour. Planet Earth is where the temptations are. This realm is where the attacks are. So you have to pray for an hour. This is distance in the spirit. You have to pray for an hour so that you press past this barrier and you now enter into heavenly places where it's difficult to be attacked and it's difficult to be tempted because your spirit is in another dimension all day because it took you an hour to get here. That's why then David would say, now that I'm here, I will enter your gates with thanksgiving and enter your courts with praise. It took me an hour to get here. Now that I'm here, I'm before your courts and I can handle business for another two hours. Y'all follow me? I may have lost some of y'all, but that's the danger of coming on Wednesday nights. You can't teach deep without losing people. But if you don't teach it, you lose them all. Y'all got me. So this is the reason why, I mean, some people, they never even prayed. This is the reason why, if you have an hour, you need to try it when you go home from work. Walk in the door, sit down. Don't, if you're going to fall asleep, don't sit down. Sit there, time it. Pray in tongues for about an hour. Pray in, in the evening time. It's even better to see it in an hour. In the evening. Pray in tongues, hour, hour, hour. And right before the hour is up, in between 45 minutes to 60 minutes, you will feel like the whole dimension has changed. Yeah, because you travel back to that place, and that's why you feel, are y'all following me? Yeah. That's why you feel, y'all may know you pray for an hour and you feel that freedom. How many know even when we're praying here, you know, we're trying to go and y'all looking around and, and then it starts building and it starts building and it starts building and then you get to this plateau and then we kind of die down. Why? Because you press past those two barriers and now you're in heavenly places. Bible says you're, it's very mysterious. But every morning you get up, another blockade is created. How many of you can honestly say that if there are some days that if you do not pray right, you frustrated, you're frustrated your whole day. Your whole day. Because Satan tempts you. Watch this. Satan tricks you. Um, you got to do all of these projects today. But if you pray, you won't have time to do all those projects. Never, never telling you, this is another mention, that if you pray, you're actually unlocking the keys for the, 
How many know you've done that? How many of you've done it and you prayed in the morning and you had all of this stuff, but then during that day, it's like you almost didn't have anything to do. It's, it's weird. It's just really, really weird. Okay, so, so with these couple of weeks, I know this might not be the most exciting thing, but it's for the purpose of getting you, we need to be faithful to an hour a day because it does keep you from temptation. One of the reasons why it keeps you from temptation is the hour blocks certain things. It moves certain things out of the way. See, this is the beginning of your day. Way back there at the back of the wall, that's the end of your day. Guess what's in the middle? Blockades called chairs. So because of how many chairs are there, you know, I can't pray now. I need to start working on these chairs. You pray in tongues for an hour, and you don't realize that something came down from heaven. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and we'll take care of what you need. Well, I need these chairs moved out the way so my day can go really smooth. Pray first, and we'll move the chairs. So now when you move over to two and three hours, and you move over to six and nine, this is where you get over into collapsing time. That's why Paul said, I pray in tongues more than all of you. But he also said, I got the end of my road before all y'all did, even though you started ahead of me. You see what I'm saying? See, so the devil, I know, maybe I shouldn't have taught this. See, the problem is that people don't experiment with the deep things. And, 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 and in order for you to understand it, you got to first build your spirit man up. There's something mysterious that happens when you pray for three hours. There's something more mysterious when you pray for nine. There are going to be some things you run into. You, you have to stand in prayer for 21 days straight. See, in earth, they water it down, and what do they say? Uh, if you can do this new habit for 21 days, it'll stick. Something will change. Yeah, that's the Monday shadow version when you shut down the spirit. There are some things that you can focus on, and if you hold your ground for 21 days, it's a law. It must break because it's three times seven perfection. Saw that with Daniel. Y'all got me? Then there are some things, nine-hour sessions. Nine-hour sessions cause time travel. That's why the disciples rolled for nine hours. Jesus prayed for nine hours, and when he was done with prayer, he caught up with a rowing boat. Time travel. Then you have the biggest one, which is the hardest one, 40 days straight of fasting and prayer. After, and, when, and during those 40 days, Jesus was fasting and prayer. The enemy did not let up for 40 days. Verse 13 says, he came out and walked in the power of the Spirit. And he became famous. Okay? So, I probably messed this teaching up. I probably should have done it a different way. Y'all probably say, no, no, no. I just feel that way. I'm just going by my feelings. The biggest thing to understand is this. You need to get in the Word and start reading it for yourself. Jesus says, seek ye first the kingdom. You know what people do? They seek first a good church. And then use all of the wrong reasons to determine if they should go there. Well, the choir, the race, how long it, do they, how many offer it. Use all of the wrong reasons. You understand what I'm saying? But because I'm telling you, I don't know, I just don't know. I stay frustrated because I don't know how to get what's in here into the people, especially when they won't be committed. It's just how it is. You know, I come from the time of you stay in church all day long. Some of y'all come from that. You go morning, afternoon, evening. Yes. Now, people come at the last minute. They leave as soon as they can. They have options. And so they, uh, if it's too cold, if it's too hot, it's just all of these lame reasons why Jesus said, 
where two or three, there I am. So you're willing to walk out on Jesus. You're willing to have show up for him. And that's what's different about this generation. They have too many alternatives. When I was growing up, you didn't have, <laughs> we had the television with five channels, you know what I'm saying? And when it was time to go to bed, and the Rockets, Red Glare, you know, and that was it. Now, you got more, it, what about, watch this. Now, if you get a device that can record four shows, it's still not enough. And they just keep adding more and more shows. You got Hulu, you got Disney, you got Amazon Prime, you got Netflix, you got new stuff, you got Peacock, you got On Demand, you got stuff I haven't even heard of. Why do y'all keep adding all these channels? To keep your mind occupied with stupidity so that you don't die and seek ye first the kingdom. You seek first entertainment. And their entertainment is really, really good because seeking the kingdom can be very dry. It's a price you have to pay for power. You have to be talked about. You have to be laughed about. Why are you over there? Why are you at home? We're going out. It's a price that you have to pay. And guess what? You might not be rewarded on this side, but when you stand before the king, they're going to wonder why you got a bigger reward than somebody like Billy Graham. Who is he? Oh, he wasn't anybody to you. Let me tell y'all something. This is where I close. You know, if you're online, we're going to have a do-over next weekend because I'm usually on point and I just wasn't. I had too much devil trying to come against me and I didn't pray enough and I do everything, all of that. But let me tell you something. You are going to be thoroughly embarrassed when the king of kings stands up and power passing our rewards and kingdoms. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. That book that he and I read, when the ministers and the pastors were the ones that were in the lowest part of heaven. Lowest part. They had lost their entire reward. At the time I read the book, everything that they were there for was everything that I saw and was being taught. Everything. And I had to make a choice. Do I go along with this religious foolishness? And I just got tired. I got tired of reading the Bible and coming to church. And y'all not, wait a minute, we can't walk in it because y'all won't even teach it. You won't teach it because you don't believe it. We are just so scared. Witchcraft and darkness is up here in your face. They don't have a problem with a drag queen teaching your five-year-old child in kindergarten. What have you done to qualify yourself? You can't even go to the circus because you're too scary for the circus, but you're qualified to teach a child. Why is it that y'all are infatuated with just killing children? Why is it that y'all want to turn them gay? And gay is not good enough. We got to turn them into monsters. We got to get rid of mother and father. We can't even call them a baby. We got to call them a fetus. We can't even use regular terms. We've been using it for 6,000 years. We got to call you a number, a square root to the third power. And I'm a binary root and zero, zero. Where is this craziness coming from? And guess what the church says? Come to church. For what? Because at your church, you're not even fighting against us. You're trying to make church cool so that we feel comfortable when we come in. No, you're supposed to come into a church as a sinner like this one girl. She showed up in the parking lot. She backed up. The mama said, what's wrong? She said, whatever is in there. She said, whatever's in me is scared of what's ever in there. Wow. That's what the church is supposed to be. Yes. Amen. So we hit the first phase and now we go to the second phase. The second phase was me accepting my assignment fully. So I'm getting ready to let y'all go. But all I'm going to tell you is, y'all, read that Bible and read it like you're the only person in the planet. 
I could care less. I have to be, my, my wife would tell you, I have the biggest heart of gold. Like I said, the Holy Spirit told me I overcompensated when it comes to compassion. But the truth be told you all, I really don't care what anybody is doing. I don't care what the other people in the church are doing. I don't care what the black people are doing, the white people are doing, the Asian people are doing. I don't care what the Arabs are doing, the Jews are doing. I don't care what Dracula is doing. I don't care what King Kong is doing. I don't care what nobody is doing. I don't care about CNN. I don't care about Fox News. I'm just, I'm just so dedicated to y'all. If we have to fight like this for the next 10 years and only get one person saved, it was more. It was worth more than all of the dimensions combined. And as young people, the, the old people won't mentor the young people, and the young people are trying to move the old people out the way. So you got these factions now. It's, it's, it's you know, over here, it's more white against black. Other places, the races against each other, and, and it's CNN against Fox News, and it's just all of this division, and it's just all within the church, and nobody wants to bite the bullet and say, can we just come together? But it's only five of us. Jesus only need one. Yeah. And that's where I am. And so I'm just encouraging you, because now that I'm at this place, um, great darkness has set its sights upon this place. And I know y'all ready to leave, but I'm going to still say this statement. I know your kids got to go to school, but they're going to be all right. Your kids stay up and play video games till 12 o'clock midnight. But when they come to church, <laughs> boy, please. <laughs> Forgot what I was going to say. Playing around. Oh, y'all, it happened to Jesus. It happened to Paul. And it happened to Moses. Lisa prophesied, Lisa prophesied that people were going to uh, leave the wrong way. I'm going to say this, and I'm going to say this this weekend. You all know that I'm the nicest guy possible. Anybody that confused, uh, accuses me of being a control freak and not compassionate, etc. But what is, we have this issue now in the church where people are fickle instead of faithful. This is a war. But people would rather it be, instead of it being a battleship, they want it to be a cruise ship. And in a cruise ship, you know, you complain when the food is not right. But in a battleship, you eat what's set before you so you can keep on fighting. And, and this generation, unfortunately now, is one by which they get easily offended. And they're willing to walk away from their position and lose their eternity because the pastor said something that they didn't like. And so... So when I started cracking the whip a little bit, you know, in love, people got greatly offended. So let me tell you something. I've stepped into a new role. The first trigger has already brought major attacks. Satan, let me tell you something. The spirit of Jezebel hates Elijah's. Hates him. Hates him. And so you have to get used to people tarnishing our name. You have to get used to people talking about us. You have to get used to people. Let me tell you something about that spirit. It will lie on you and does not want you to defend the lie. That's the culture. I'm going to talk about you and your grandmama, and when you try to defend the sake of your family's honor, I'm going to accuse you of being a bad Christian and attacking me. And so that has happened where we have several individuals, you know, that doesn't happen that often, but you have these little waves. 
and this was another wave. The first wave was when the Lord moved certain individuals that were in leadership, and, and when they were removed, it jumped from three to 17 that were handpicked. So the Lord has come, and he removed a few out of our midst. And it's funny, you know, it's, it's, it's not until they're removed that you see their true character. Some people are not just satisfied with being offended and leaving. They have to drag your name through the mud. So I'm going to encourage you to do something, you all. Because the problem is, is that they call members of our congregations and try to turn them against us. Amen. There is some wisdom that I'm going to imply here. And that is, if anybody is talking to you and is telling you about stuff that my wife and I are doing, I have zero problem with you coming to me and saying, hey, I heard this. They said this. Can I hear your side of the story? If you want to sit down with us, we'll tell you our side of the story. The Bible says the case of the first seems right until cross-examined. Nobody acts a fool on their job and then goes to the next job and they say, well, why did you do the last job? Because I acted a fool. No one does that. Guess what they do? They blame it on the job. And as a spiritual father, when that happens, the Lord will show me who's coming back. He'll show me sometimes nothing, and then he'll show me the demise of others. There has never, you have to be careful when you fool with a ministry that has a lion nature to it. Because what you find is you're not attacking me. You remember what Jesus told Paul? He said, you're not attacking nobody except for me. He said, it's hard to fight against me. And so, you know, Paul said with much increase of knowledge comes increase of sorrow. And so it's just very, very sad. And people surprise you, and they're, they're, they're going to be upset. And, you know, I, I'm sorry. I didn't hear it all long enough. I'm going to make this last statement, then we can go. Amen. Say amen. So I just, man, if I don't, if I don't let you go after this, just stand up. Because I forgot that we prayed for an hour first. I'm thinking I'm in that seven to eight window. I apologize, but you, you know, in the summertime, we'll act a fool. It was a, more of a simple night, but... <clears throat> I can't remember what I was going to say. I know any first-time visitor online, they're like, who is this joker right here? He is just all over the place. I'm just, I'm just, I don't get it. I don't get it. Go ahead and stand. It's hard to watch people give away their eternity. When you see it, you'll have compassion on the most hardened criminal. Thank you, Jesus. So, as the Bible says, it says, let those that be righteous be righteous still. Let those that be wicked be wicked still. Thank you, Jesus just pause just for a moment and I do apologize because I'm usually very much on point these last three days I'm trying to get used to all of this new stuff it's hard for me to drive down the street y'all I cry a lot I probably have cried more in the last month than I have in a lifetime you know and uh, I just wish that everybody could see what's behind the veil spend time in prayer when I stop I say and the battle rages on are we sleeping 
It's a tripped out thing, you know, when that guy got caught up to heaven and the angel said, you, he says, wonderful sight, isn't it? He said, yes. He said, every 50 to come in, he said, a thousand go to hell. And the church is cool with that because I'm saved. I'm saved. So I'm okay with you going to hell. I'm okay with that because I got mine. I'm going to invite you one time. And if you don't come that one time, I'm going to leave you alone. I'm going to pray until I'm tired of praying for you. And the battle rages on. And it's just raging and it's just raging. And if you can see it from the spiritual realm, it's the most insane look. It looks like a great big old dust ball of just everybody fighting each other. And Satan in the middle of the battle laughing away while his entire kingdom is running amok through everybody. And the Lord got his eyes. Is there one? Because that's all I need is just one who will bite the bullet. One who's willing to give up his life. One who's not afraid. One who will give up his life for everybody. Is there one? Is it one man? Is it one family? Is there one group? Just one. Because if I could just want to just die, it'd be like the whole body of Christ. Jesus. So, violence has to be met with violence. Unseen has to be met with unseen. Mysterious has to be met with mysterious. So trust me, when I came back from Nigeria this time, I came back a different man. I just don't know what's up for the 12th time. Because the next time the foundation is set. So I apologize again for holding everybody back because I wouldn't receive my full assignment. I'm just apologizing. But there's nothing worse than a man who wants to get revenge on the devil. And you better pray. Don't matter if you can't preach. Say something. Plant a seed. Y'all understand what I'm saying? Invite people to church and then you follow up with them. Because trust me, the devil hasn't seen a monster yet. He's about to see one now. There are some monsters that even Satan is intimidated by. So I don't mean to get crazy on you. It's just that I'm stuck. I'm just stuck. There's only one reason I want to be here. You know, I'm, and, and, and my, let me tell you something. Our assignment, whether you are whether you're a member here or whether you're somebody that uses us as a supplement, but the Holy Ghost told me something I really didn't want to share, and then my wife said it. In this season, because of my obedience, there is a certain level of protection that's on me and its ministry. Because what I'm called to do is too important. It's not that I'm important. It's that what he's called me to do is so important because I'm willing to do it. We got to make sure that this boy is protected with this army. Because it didn't matter how Moses, it didn't matter how meek Moses was. It didn't matter. That dude made one mistake and God said, oh no. He said, that mistake was too drastic. You can't go in now. That man was faithful for his entire life and couldn't go in over one mistake. And there are some things, you all, that if we make a mistake, these people will never come back to God. If I cheat on my wife, they ain't never coming back. If I fall into sin and do something stupid, they ain't going to, not only will they leave Christianity, they'll never join any other religion and they won't even join the dark side. They will just sit still and watch TV and play video games until they die. Trust me. Me accepting my assignment comes with a different type of weapon. Different type. I had a vision and I'm going to let you go. I promise I'm going to let you go because you're already standing. So the next time I need to let you walk. My wife said no. I'm in a different dimension. I had a vision when I was praying. And I was in heaven. 
and I was enjoying the nature. An angel walked up to me and said, come with me. There is a battle that must be fought in another dimension and we are called to win the victory. That's what he said. I said, I need a weapon. He said, pick that flower. I said, that's not a flower. Listen to what he said. I said, that's a flower. He said, wrong. It is whatever you need it to be. I picked the flower. He said, it's a sword, but it didn't look like a sword. Understand what I'm saying? There are things that are available for you, but Satan wants to keep you watching TV all day. So you never travel to that place in the spirit and see. You never see. And the most dangerous thing is to not see what God meant you to see. Some of you were supposed to see something five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. And the devil has kept us locked down in religion. And the more I move forward, the more I understand. The more I move forward, the more I misunderstand. I just don't understand it. But how many are you going to keep on fighting? Just something you want to hear. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to do something I've never done before. I'm going to invite those of you who would like to stay and pray to stay and pray. Those of you who need to leave because of your children, your jobs, or whatever, you, whatever obligations you have for tonight, feel free to do that quietly. But for those who feel led of God to stay here and pray at this altar or at your seat, please stay here and do that. We are going someplace. And it will require your commitment, your dedication, your sacrifice, your willingness, your commitment. It will require you to push back that plate, push back your activities. So there will be no announcements on tonight. If you feel called or led to stay here and pray, stay here and pray with us for a little while. And those who need to go, you may go. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You can come to the altar for a few moments if you want. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Father, we honor you. We thank you for your presence here on tonight. We thank you for your awesome assignment on our pastor and this ministry, oh God. We too yield ourselves, Father, for a greater good. We thank you, oh God, for the opportunity to join with our pastor and to join with you, Father, for what you've called us to do in the name of Jesus. So we yield our bodies on tonight, Lord God. We yield our tongues, our voice boxes, our energy, our faculties, our mind, our spirits. We yield ourselves to you to be used as vessels of warfare, of battle, to save souls, and to birth your plan in this earth. We thank you, O oh God. Hegian <laughs> 
Lingi and Dangara Shakarata Kaye Shakiata Karazongorontoko. Ogarandangaraza, pour out your grace, O God. Pour out your grace, Father. Fill us with your wisdom, Father. In the name of Jesus, more grace, more strength, more empowerment in the name of Jesus. To do your will, O God. To obey your will, Father. To follow your way, O God. To hear from you clearly, Father. For great clarity and might. Wisdom in the name of Jesus. Oh, Father, we come up to where you are. We come up to where you are, Father. Show us, show us, show us what you want us to see. Reveal to us what you want us to see. Reveal to us your secrets, Father. Show us, O God, Show us those things that are fenced in, that are hidden, the things that we cannot see or perceive. 
As we pray, we are unlocking the mysteries, oh God. Jagarandanga ye sheke ya dagara zoko yo soko. Yengi andangara shaka ye sheke. Jeki ya dagara zaka ye sheke. You say go left, we go left. You say go right, we go right. You say turn around. Three times we turn around, oh God. Jagara shakara zaka ye sheke. Degi andangara sa. Let us hear clearly, Father. Clearly, Father. Jeke andangara shaka ye. Let us see clearly father as we walk through the darkness and snatch people out of darkness oh we cry out to you father we cry out to you, Father. We cry out to you, Father. May your precious Holy Ghost sweep this earth in the name of Jesus. Fall on those who have deaf ears. Open the eyes of the blind. We cry out. We cry out. We cry out. We cry out. Show us your heart, Father. Show us your heart, Father. Show us your heart. Reveal to us, Father, what gives you joy, what makes you sad. Show us your heart and give us grace to do your will. Give us grace to obey in the name of Jesus. Take 
Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 Mandela Hakaya. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Is she in Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Thank 
Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, O Lord God. Oh, lift your hands for a moment and just give God thanks. Thank Him for giving you divine direction. Thanking Him for setting you on fire on the inside. Thanking Him for giving you grace to be faithful in these last days. Thank Him for giving you an anointing for prayer to pray in season and out of season when it feels good and when it does not feel good Father you we thank you O Lord glory to God hallelujah thank you Jesus thank you Jesus hallelujah hallelujah thank you Jesus for now I'm going to pray for you for a moment So I am, uh, as, as we were praying, you know, I, I began to realize based on what the Holy Spirit wanted me to do that there are, uh, you know, there are certain people that are more dangerous to the devil than others. It would seem according to scripture that those who win souls have a passion for it, probably the most dangerous uh, enemy to the devil. And so I heard the Lord say that you are in a contest with Satan to see how many he can keep and how many you can take. And so the Lord wanted me to pray for you the same way that Jesus prayed for Peter. He said, Satan desires to sift you. He said, but I prayed for you that your faith will not fail. So 
I'm, I'm, I'm going to pray for you. But in the future, you need to walk very carefully. You need to walk very boldly. Walk very boldly when it comes to souls the way you already do. But, but you have to also walk very carefully because Satan is desiring to uh, sidetrack you, desiring to cause something to happen so that you can uh, stop depopulating his kingdom. One soul is most worth in the universe, so every soul that comes in as a result of your witnessing and your obedience, it causes him a great loss, a great loss. And so the Lord is very proud of you. You're one of his faithful ones who are willing to do whatever it takes to bring souls into the kingdom. It was also in part one of the ways why he tricked you away in the first place. Hey, I'm not some people say you shouldn't say that publicly, but it had really nothing to do with you. He was trying to protect his slaves in, in the realm of darkness. And so he's going to pray for you. You all stretch your hands toward him. Father, in Jesus' name we pray. Thank you, O Lord God, for the Fanon's boldness. His zeal, O Lord God, for souls. Many times, O Lord God, a lone wolf out in the wilderness, O Lord God, bringing souls into the kingdom, O Lord God. I thank you, O Lord God, for his fire. Thank you, Lord, for his compassion for souls. Thank you, O Lord God, that whatever is Satan is planning for him, O Lord God, he will be awake and aware. Thank you, Lord, that he will not be blindsided. We thank you, O Lord God, for special protection over him, his finances, and his purpose. Even bless, O Lord God, this new endeavor that he has stepped into. Will you say, he that winneth souls is wise, give him an extraordinary level of wisdom. He said, O oh Lord God, that the paycheck for souls, for those that win him, is high. So give him extraordinary success, O oh Lord God, in this new venture he has stepped into. Thank you, O oh Lord God, that you will keep him aware. You will lead him and guide him. Thank you, O oh Lord God, that many souls will come into the kingdom as a result of him. It'll be like a pipeline. It'll be like an assembly line of souls that come in, one by one, one by one, one by one, until there are hundreds, until there are thousands. And those will men will win others into the kingdom and he will be rewarded for what they do because he was the one that brought them in by the power of your spirit thank you O lord god for protecting him thank you O lord god give him the anointing for a hundred evangelists to bring souls into the kingdom like an ocean in the mighty name of jesus thank you O lord god he will catch them and we will clean them he will catch them and we will clean them he will catch them and we will clean them Thank you, O Lord God, for this. Thank you for the seal of protection on his head and that the Holy Spirit is his helper and you will never leave him or forsake him. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, 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 amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I believe this is a turn for this ministry. Get ready to do the unimaginable, the extraordinary. Get ready to do things differently. I believe the removal of this Wednesday service is for the establishment of others and to get rid of everything so that I can start over. I have to be totally honest with you and I just have one last instruction for you all to be careful about when you are seeking the Lord. Sometimes you have to flip things. And what I mean by that is, I've just been praying and thinking and like, you know, Riverdale, add that Thursday service, add that Thursday service. And I'm like, come the Lord hasn't given me that green light. You know, to do Thursday services every week like Wednesday, Thursday, every week like Wednesday, just just nothing. And it was frustrating me. And I'm like, am I doing something wrong? Is there a spiritual blockade? Is there something, etc.? And I'm not saying it won't happen in the future. But then finally, I realized, oh, 
it wasn't that I was supposed to add Thursdays. It was that I was supposed to take away Wednesdays. So I'm trying to add over here to match this when actually I was supposed to take this away to match that so that both locations do something in the middle. So you have to be careful when you're seeking God because sometimes you can't hear because of your mentality. You're so focused on this over here, you haven't got the word us uh, because the adjustment is over here. And sometimes the adjustment might be for a moment so that God can reestablish things. You understand what I'm saying? You know, so just be praying for us, you know, and I, you know, the couple in the back, they said, you shouldn't apologize, but I really did feel bad today because, you know, it's, let me tell you where I am. Where I am right now is the equivalent of you changing jobs after 10 years. And so, you know, it, it, it's, a, it's a small adjustment and I didn't put things together right and just the last three days and all of those things. But, you know, thank God for his grace. Amen. What I think is terrible, somebody is going to get something out of it, you know, but uh, we have a great work to do and just be consistently praying. It's more than a notion when the church, you know, um, it's like a cruise ship where it, it takes a minute to turn a cruise ship. You know, if you're in a canoe, you just kind of stop the paddles and switch on it. You know, but when you talk about a cruise ship that's already been established, it takes a minute to turn that thing in a different direction and go in the opposite, especially if the wind is blowing you this way and you're gonna turn the ship away and go against the wind. And, I, and so I'm just, uh, so, there's some things that are floating around on the inside. And I believe that when we uh, pull this next trigger, it's going to tell us what we need to do service-wise. It literally might mean that we have to have church, you know, three, four times a week to have the little amount of people. If this trigger pulls right the way I think it is, it, it, is, a, it is an unlimited river of being able to pull souls into the body of Christ. It's an unlimited river. So I'm gonna see, we're gonna pull it, see how it works. And um, and then we'll go from there. But because if it works, if it works the way I think it will work, I instantly don't have room for anybody at Sunday location. So we have to think beyond Sunday and Saturday. We have to think beyond Wednesday and Thursday. We have to think about every day, morning and evening. You understand what I'm saying? And so uh, I'm really, really excited about what the Lord is getting ready to do. So you didn't think that you want to yeah, good. Thank you, O oh Father God. How many of you are glad you came on tonight? I'm glad you stayed. We have to move out of the dimension of good church services into the dimension of purpose and destiny. What are we trying to accomplish here? What are we trying to accomplish here? You know, so just thank you for being here tonight, tolerating me on tonight. I'll be back on point this weekend. You know, you start a new job and you, you know, but I'll be, I'll be, oh, trust me, I'll be back. You know, but let's just lift our hands. And Father, we thank you, O oh Lord God, for this time this new dimension that you have taken us to. Thank you, O oh Lord God. We will accomplish wonders in your name. No one will be ashamed in our midst. We'll all take care of one another, O oh Lord God. We pray for those, O oh Lord God, who are in our midst and have fallen by the wayside, O oh Lord God, that you would have mercy upon them. You would open up their eyes to the deception that they are walking in and help them to see that Satan has tricked them just at, like at one time he has tricked us. We thank you, Lord God. We pray for souls to fill this place, not so that we can get credit, so that you can get credit. Help us, oh Lord God. Open up our minds to receive the unorthodox so that we can have unorthodox manifestation. Keep every person safe. We charge the angels of God to protect every vehicle until it gets to its address in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, oh Lord God, for continuing to empower us through this fast. Thank you, oh Lord God, for beginning to prepare the atmosphere for this Saturday. And this weekend, we believe we receive these things. 
In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen, 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 amen. Glory to God, glory to God. Well, good night. Give somebody a hug, and we'll see you on this weekend.